What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Beers and. Today, we're going to be talking about beers, beers and soup. very superstitious. I thought we agreed on just superstitions. <sighs> Well, it's a good thing that uh, we're not superstitious folk, and yeah. <laughs> well, I say that now. I don't know. We'll we'll chat and you find know, out, I guess. You know, we tried, guys. We tried. We really tried. It's okay. We today is uh, if you're listening to me, not a Stevie Ray Vaughan or a Stevie Wonder episode. No, not a Stevie Ray Vaughan or a or Stevie, Stevie Wonder, Wonder no. episode. Uh, although, I'm excited for this topic. Oh yeah, me too. Um, for everyone listening and doesn't know who we are, oh, this is my buddy Nick to and, my right, and this is my buddy Alex uh, to my left. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back, beers and and uh, right in between us today, we've got a, we've got a, we've got Hector's joining Hector. us at the table. Hector, you guys have heard that Hector really wants to be part of the uh, part of the lineup, part of the show, part of the the shot, part so, of the shot. He wants to be in. He wants to be in it to win it. Super needy. So we put him in today. <laughs> Nick, we are drinking today something that I'm very excited for you to try. Normally yeah. I say like, you know, oh, I'm so excited to try this. It's called Super Overripe. Oh, and it's Super from, Overripe. It's from Great Notion Brewing. Where are they based out of? They are, I believe, in New York. Oh, no, Portland. Oh, Oregon or Maine? Oregon. Oh, yep. all right. I didn't know there was a Portland, Maine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're still learning. So <laughs> this is a double IPA. Brewed with mangosteen. I'm, you asked me before if I know what mangosteen was, and mm. I just assumed that that was, I thought it was a... a Some a, Frankenstein a, mango uh, Yeah, like I didn't concoction. even think that, you said it was like a fruit, and I was it like, is. oh, I didn't even realize it's that. It's a tropical fruit. I'm going to get into it right before we taste the beer. But oh, yeah, sorry. You know what I have today? I have brew news. <gasps> brew news. Yeah, except it's not really brew news. It's that's more not the, seltzer news. That's not the production piece either. That's, that's me just doing brew news. <laughs> that was live. Where's live. That? Yeah. We got I'll, it. Do it in post. We'll do it in post. <laughs> Brew news. So actually, my sister um, really wanted me to bring this up. Yeah. And it has to do with Bud Light Seltzer. Oh, okay. We talked about those uh, actually like our A while one, one of our first like two or three episodes, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they've evolved since then. Already? Yeah. Because not only did I find they have an ugly sweater mix. Okay. And a, and a fall flannel like variety pack. But they're also coming out with hard seltzer cola, which I refuse to touch because I will not drink anything dark liquor from Bud Light. I, I might, I I might mess know, around man. with that. But yeah, it's so dark uh, Bud Light seltzer cola and I think a cola with cherry. You know what? The, the, <laughs> consuming nothing but beer is not good for you. Okay. Soda. Is really bad. Is really bad for you. I feel like the combination of the two is horrifically bad for yeah. you. Two negatives don't make a positive in this. That's a can of kidney case. stones, is what that is. That's a what? That's a can of kidney stones. A can of kidney stones. Can stone. of kidney stones. Yeah, you're gonna have to pass something after you drink like a six pack of that. That is accurate. The selt the the hard cola seltzer like got me, but I then I went in to like look at what else they have. So listen to these flavors, and I just want to hear from you either. Ew, eh, or okay. So like, ew, definitely not. You're not touching it. Eh, eh like it sounds okay. Or okay, like, yeah, I definitely want that. I like how none of them are still stellar by any means. Yeah, because I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I've telegraphed your yeah, response. Okay, ew, eh. Ready? All right. Okay, so from the fall flannel variety, we have apple crisp. Okay. Maple pear. Eh. Pumpkin spice, ew, and toasted marshmallow. Eh, really? Yeah. Okay. I feel like if toasted marshmallow is done the right way, it, it could be good. Could be good. Sometimes though, I feel like toasted marshmallow when it's artificial has like a buttery popcorn flavor. I, I was just gonna say it depends again yeah. on the quality of the toasted marshmallow because sometimes it Definitely. does have too much of that artificial taste and it's and almost because it's one of those things like fluff. Like I don't like fluff. You're stroking Hector's hat. Yeah. Sorry. That's it. He's I not mean, usually this close. I know. It's 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 perfectly fine. He looks into both cameras. He's like that one painting of Jesus, how. like where the eyes follow you around the room, and that's what he's actively doing. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Okay, so four more really, really quick oh, before okay. we get into the good stuff. Cranberry. 
Okay. I think that's that's the one I'm most excited about. If I, we were going to try these. How about sugar plum? I'm going to say okay. That one sounds okay too. Because of the fact is that I don't think there's enough precedent. So I I probably wouldn't have anything to really compare it to. So unless True. it tasted horrific. It's probably going to be good. It's probably going to be good. Yeah. And then two more. Cherry cordial. Which also could be okay. <laughs> okay. And then the last one. <sighs> and this is what it's called. Seltzer nog. Meh. Oh, I'm going with that. I like eggnog. I do too, but I don't know about self, like bubbly eggnog. Yeah, I feel like I would go for it. Okay. I feel like it's already like curdled, you know, to begin with. That's true, mostly. The idea of cherry uh, cordials, though, is more of an eh. We were just talking about that uh, when I was just with the family for, for Thanksgiving. And we were thinking back, my grandmother loved cherry cordials. Loved them. But I, I do too. God love her. She used to eat them in the most disgusting. She used to like bite the top off and then like suck the cherry cordial out as if it was like a like an escargot. Oh. Oh god, I just remember like watching her eat and being like, "Oh, grandma, that's disgusting. Stop. Just pop it all in your mouth." It it was like she wanted like the the, you know, chocolate as a chaser more than anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have such a distinct memory. Oh. That sounds Slightly gross. Hope she's doing well. You know. So, so Bud Light Seltzer, some of them sound interesting to you. I'm I'm definitely, I'm on the cranberry and the sugar plum, but I think everything else can. I was going to say the sugar plum, I am definitely on board for. I yep. would want to go ahead and try that. Definitely. Yeah. I don't have any brew news to be perfectly honest with you. I thought about it and uh, didn't look into it then. That's okay. This was, like I said, this was brought to me, uh, brought to my attention by my sister. If you guys have any brew news for us also, make sure you go ahead and tweet at us or, you know, send us a DM over on Instagram or. Yeah, because we, you know, we, we have our two sources that we check, but things obviously slip through the cracks. Exactly. Right. Story of our lives. Okay. Yeah. So, so, um, we're going to jump right into the question of the day. Yeah, I'm, I'm now getting, I was nervous for them and now I'm excited, but I feel like I should still like step lightly. Okay. okay. So this, I'm actually pulling out a Mr. Raritan question for oh this boy. one. So Nick and I, when we were seniors in high school, we joined like a, essentially like a male beauty pageant. Called I did it my Mr. sophomore year. Mr. Raritan. I did it sophomore year and junior year oh, also. Okay, so you were way ahead of the curve. Yeah. Uh, you know, my curve. I put, I put in the time. Yeah, you did. It. That's, and that's probably why he won that year. Uh, but it's a male beauty pageant for our high school, Rowden High School. And, you know, we go up on stage and there's a talent portion, but there's also like a question and answer portion. Oh, that's right. So like at this that. time, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't really prepared for this. This wasn't something that I did all the time. So my answers were terrible. But I'm going to ask you the question that was Hang asked on. of me. Okay. I was going to say, you remember your question? Yeah. I remember both of them, actually. Fascinating. I, if you put a gun to my head, I'd, be, I'd have no, no idea. Okay. Okay. So my question was, and this might not be verbatim, but it was something along the lines of, if you were a superhero, what would your name be? Oh my God. What would my... You, you definitely didn't get this question when when the... I do remember this being your question. Yeah. Okay. So if I was a superhero... What would my superhero name do you want, be? Do you want to hear mine while you think about it? Yeah. Okay. So my, this, I, I came up with this as I came up with the question. I was like, oh man, I really wish I would have thought of this back then. So mine would be the unifier. Oh. And let me tell you why. Yeah. It's because I, I feel like I pride myself on bringing different groups of friends together, different groups of people, you know, like having everything work out well. Like people who don't know each other come in, couple drinks, all of a sudden, new best friends. I like that. Yeah. I feel like if that's what, what you're basing yours on, I feel like I'd be like the great divider. <laughs> I'd be the one that goes ahead and makes people pick camps because we it's need a, balance. We need balance. Because we need that's balance. That's what it is. I, um, no. Uh, what would I be? I'd be the hypnotic hipster. I've got powers of hypnosis. I feel like you're Austin Powers. I think I am. I think you are. I think I'm. Ooh, that's a really tricky one, though. I'm going to go with, for the sake of time, I like I'm going to go with the hypnotic hipster. That's a much better name than mine. Yeah. And so I have way more time. Because no one, no one really likes the idea of a hipster, but they all, but everyone's kind of hip in their own way. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I think I'd want to go with that. And I like the idea of, you know, hypnosis as the ultimate form of manipulation. Okay. I like that. 
the manipulative hipster. The, the hypnotic. The, yeah, essentially manipulative. Yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, with that being said, let's. Uh, what was your other? What was your other question? Stuff. My other question. Yeah, do you remember? You was, said. Um, my other question was if you could be somebody. Influence. Uh-huh. Oh no, no. It was pick someone who was influential in shaping you something like that like pick pick someone who's had a who's had oh, like a part in impact. shaping your life yeah okay yeah. and and you picked okay. me and i picked you and and it was even and it was right. it was great that's definitely what happened <laughs> that's definitely not what happened so we're, so we're going to drink this amazing mangosteen flavored IPA today i don't know if it says what a mangosteen is mangosteen yeah so actually i'm going to look it up i i, I was thought it say. was green Oh, and it turns if you out wanna, that it's purple. If you want to pour, I'll, I'll go ahead oh, and, sure, and, sure. and look it up then for us. I'll, I'll go ahead and save us the... So it's a, it's a tropical fruit, and it does have um, like mango characteristics, but it's definitely not. It's definitely not mango. There's nothing that works better for a podcast than the sound of typing. That's um, a very relaxing sound. It is, right? Yeah. I never understood those gamers who have like the... Well, I mean, I know why they do it, but like the weighted keys on the keyboard oh yeah so like you know give you a little bit of, of a pushback you, you know what i just realized you are gonna have to look it up because we are recording at a different locale oh, today so i don't Wi-Fi. have access to the to the wi-fi yeah how, how did we not talk about that yeah we, we've switched it up a little bit we're, today we're in a new locale we're in my humble abode uh, i made nick drive to north jersey today Oop. I made nick drive to north jersey today i definitely didn't just spill on my lap no i didn't even notice that you did either i, I don't know what you're talking about or on the Ooh, or on li- the laptop i like this just take, take a big whiff out of that it's like very tropically it is and it reminds me of a of a juice i used to have like as a kid there was a specific like mango based juice oh one of those like ocean spray ocean breeze um like blends I like okay. I love mango. Yeah, I want too. that to be known. I love me too, man. love mango. Me too. So okay, so mangosteen, its indigenous name is Garcinia mangostana. Ah, oh, yes. Oh, now I recognize of it. Of course, of course. It's an exotic tropical fruit with a slightly sweet and sour flavor. Oh. Originally from Southeast Asia, but it can be found in various tropical regions. I just realized I want to change my name. My superhero name, I'd want to be the magnetic mangosteen. And <laughs> A little sweet, a little sour. I will drink to that. Always fulfilling. I will drink to that. I mean, all I smell is mangosteen, so. That is tasty. Ooh, it is. It's a different flavor profile. Yeah. Are you getting the ABV? At the very end, middle to end of it. I think you'd be surprised at how high it is. more like... And it's middle of the tongue too. It's not. Yeah. It's not on the front and it's not on the back. But it doesn't pop up until after you until the end. Let a little bit of like air then come over your tongue. Yep. Yeah. What? All right. Let me venture. Let me take another sip and venture. So you're saying it's a, a higher ABV oh, than I would think. Oh, it's high. Really? Mm. Yeah. It's a high one. Yeah. I was just listening to another podcast where they were talking about the fact is that like how. How like mouth sounds are really not probably the best thing to have on a podcast at all because of how many people are evidently triggered by it. And I realized that our entire podcast is essentially based around mouth sounds. So uh, if they ever hear it to the to the to the to the gals at my favorite murder. Love you. Couldn't agree with you more. But now we're in this. and We can't turn back now. And it's a win it. I'm going to say it's like an 11. Oh, okay, that's really high. It's nine. Oh, it's nine. Yeah. Okay, so Which, I was being you were yeah. But, you, I I may have talked it up too much. But, but you know what? Nine Even is still for an, high. It, nine is pretty high, and I still wouldn't have thought it would be that high because it's it's pretty it's very, smooth. Very it's really nicely done. It's got just enough of the hoppier that hop taste for. It plays a supporting role. The hops. Is there any reason why on the top it's stamped as super duper Mahalo? That, that's sometimes uh, companies when they stamp the date, they just put like a little phrase oh. for for whatever reason. But I, I was I wanted you to see the, the yeah, can I it's, love the can. It's like a uh, it's like a 
like a hula girl, but she's a skeleton. She's a skeleton she's and a like superhero a, a little yeah, bit. I don't yeah. really know like what exactly she I is. I like it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So this brewery, great notion. They're much more, uh, I don't know about well-known, but they they like kill the sour game. Oh. They and kill we have to... the sour game. Interesting. So I happened to, when I saw it, I, I know their can art. It's very specific. And I was like, oh, yes. And I noticed it was an IPA. And I was like, okay, you know, I'll bring it home and I'll try it. Because I know you're not a huge bitter guy. No, not particularly. So I wanted to try it. And then when I tasted it, I was really overwhelmed by like the mangosteen is so prominent. Is it me? Your glass looks a little darker than mine does. And I don't know if it's just the glass or if it's it's the the light. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say. It's definitely the glass. All right. It It is nice. It is nice. I will say that it is nice. Um, I like that it's not too boozy. Yeah, and, and also it's the just bitterness, hoppy enough. The bitterness yeah. plays like a supporting role mm-hmm. in this. Yes, because a lot of times, if I were to have a mango IPA, I feel like it is the mango that is supporting the hops. Right. Whereas with this, it is a very much a situation of the hops supporting the mango. Definitely, and I prefer that. I prefer that. I, I don't want, again, I don't like to search around a lot of times for my flavor, especially if it's only one prominent right. flavor. If it's supposed to be a mix, sure, I'll look around. But if it's not, I don't want to be bothered. Definitely. I like that. It's, it's, um, it's very tasty. It's, this is the first one I've had from them. So uh, It gets better as it goes on, too. It'll probably be, probably be better if we let it warm up enough. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. All right. We'll have to we'll, we'll let it warm up just a little bit then. Thus far? Oh, should I wait? I'm going to wait a little bit to give it a wait. Uh, I'm going to wait a little bit to give it a waiting. Wait then. a little bit. Okay, Elmer Fudd. Why don't we each do uh, a superstition and then we'll sure. get, then we'll go back to this and taste it and then we will give it a, a rating. Deal. So, for one thing, um, do you know really where superstitions kind of like come from to begin with? From what I found is that each one has its own story and history. Correct. Uh, so the idea of like a superstition, though, is that the argument is that it's an evolution from a, like a common human trait. So like when we don't understand something, we tend to make things up. Sure. Um, so it's kind of like a, a coping mechanism more than anything. Um, so for... Uh, most of my information uh, I got from uh, Wikipedia. I got from an article uh, from Reader's Digest, as well as from a website called Live Science. Oh, I uh, think I used that too. Oh, okay. Um, so the first one I'm going to start off with. Uh, I'm going to start with. Uh, uh, let's see. Let's go with. Uh, let's go with walking under a ladder. Now, well, let's back up first. Are you superstitious? I am. Okay. I think you've seen me multiple times knock on wood. Yes. To, for lots of things. Yes. I am very superstitious yeah. as well. Maybe yeah. not to the point of like, you know, uh, where it's like debilitating, but I am very superstitious. Yeah. It's not like an OCD thing. It's like... Uh... Right. So what I really liked about a lot of these is that there are multiple stories. So if you know of a different version of any of these superstitions, good on you. Um, this is just what I found or what Alex may have found. Um, I'm covering us both in this caveat. Thank you. CYA. So, so uh, walking under a ladder. So when you are leaning a ladder up against a wall, uh, it creates a triangle. Sure. Right? So Egyptians, they saw this shape as being sacred and representing what they refer to as like the trinity of the gods. So walking beneath them was viewed as like blasphemous then. Essentially oh. that you were bla- uh, breaking the trinity of the gods. Oh, snap. And then uh, I've got, uh, you know, I wrote... Uh, <laughs> the Christians, naturally, ran with this later on. Um, so it is said that a ladder was up against the crucifix, um, like during Jesus's uh, crucifixion, and it took on this symbolic meaning then of like wickedness, betrayal, and death, and then to walk underneath it it would welcome misfortune. And then the final theory for like that sort of uh, superstition was that the, another theory claims that walking underneath looks like someone who was walking to the gallows. And so as a result, then the theory that it was bad luck emerged uh, in the 1600s. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Would you walk, do you, does that one freak you out? 
No, but I never make it a point to do so. Okay. Because I'm just adverse to walking under those things. Okay. Like I just don't, I don't want to. Okay. What if something happens? Okay, maybe I am a little superstitious. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's the whole thing where like if something did happen, you would go. We were just joking around is that my aunt, you know, we were we were all raised. We were all raised Catholic. Uh, and, you know, our, our family still maintains a lot of those uh, beliefs. Uh, and my aunt had turned around and said something. She goes, you know, there's no such thing as a coincidence. There's no such. And we're like, OK. All, it's all, all right. just synchronicities. Got, gotcha. You know, loud yeah. and clear. But uh, but yeah, you know, I I, I was kind of interested in uh, in that one. So that, I started off with a small one there. You know what's funny is with my first one, I also went back to Egypt. Oh yeah. Which so one? we're now we're tying in a couple episodes because you know we obviously we had a whole thing about Egypt. But I did. It's unlucky to open an umbrella indoors. Oh yeah, I kind of had like looked through it and I was like meh. I, I but I didn't see, I didn't read. In depth, uh, in depth at all. I did, yeah, because I I, when I saw that it originated in Egypt, the umbrella. Mm-hmm. By the way, oh, the the invention the of the can physical be traced back to Egypt. That's why I decided to do a little huh. dive into it. So actually, I got this information from uh, Brown.edu. So it, you know, bad luck to open an umbrella indoors. But let's go back to see how umbrellas came. Ancient Egypt, possibly the birthplace birthplace of the umbrella, but it was more of like a parasol. So they were very heavy, and servants of the king, pharaoh, whatever, would carry it around to shield them from the sun. Hmm. So it wasn't really, you know, a rain usage like we use it today. The Egyptians believed that the sky was formed by the body of their celestial goddess Nut, who spanned the earth, touching it with her toes and fingertips. Hmm. She was held up by Shai, who is technically like the Greek version of Atlas, Oh, okay. Hold, oh, yeah, holding yeah, yeah. Holding over the, the world. Okay. So, so the, they thought this symbolized an umbrella, shielding the earth from everything. Fascinating. Right. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so this is where this came about. Um, in addition to, you know, this is what made it also grow in like a religious sense. In addition to this, it was very important. There was a very important relationship between the umbrella and the shadow, which is what the Egyptians called the kabit. Mm-hmm. In ancient Egyptians believed that a person's generative powers lie in their kabit, which is a crucial part for the resurrection in the afterlife. So this became like a sign of sovereignty because obviously whenever you hold up an umbrella, it casts a shadow. Yeah. Okay. So now let's go into modern day. In the extraordinary origins of everyday things written by, I don't have his first name. Oh, okay. There we go. Uh, Charles Panati. Okay. Wrote this in 1989. In 18th century London, when metal-spoked waterproof umbrellas began to become a common rainy day sight, their stiff, clumsy spring mechanism made them hazardous to open indoors. So, this actually came about because when someone would open an umbrella indoors, you could hit someone, knock over an item on the shelf. So, not only did it become a superstition, but, you know, it was really birthed from, like, our adverse adversity to causing a scene while we're inside fascinating so like that's you know like they wanted to prevent minor quarrels yeah between family like and a, friends yeah and like embarrassment then as right. a result so that's why it became huh. that's how this grew as a superstition interesting yeah wow i that one i did not i did not know it's funny because once you once you start to talk about uh the egyptians if i'm not mistaken there are if you know again if i'm not mistaken uh there are hierog- uh, hieroglyphs that do depict umbrellas oh, shoot. in them i could be mistaken on that no you're probably right i feel like i'm correct on that one yeah i feel like i'm correct so i just took a sip of this by the way it's gotten i did too did right too? It's, it's gotten, gotten a, even nicer okay so before we go into the oh, next yes, superstition please. what do you what what's your rating let's see let's go i'm probably gonna go straight like four three four four three five i think that's like right where it should be maybe even like a four four i'm gonna go like a four four a one Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go a 401. Them to the fours for you. Yeah, I I do like it. I think that I wanted to warm up just a little bit more because it's actually gotten smoother, and some of that bite and some of that bitterness from the hops uh, is diminished. Yeah. The more and more it gets to like room temperature. If you let it get too warm, though, you might get more of the ABV. 
Oh, then, okay. Then so walk. there really is a sweet spot with it. I think it's like 55 degrees of cellar temperature. Okay, so is yeah, it, so it's been out for a it's, little it's bit. It's probably it should, okay. Yeah, yeah, it should be just about there. But I mean, it's just really good. Yeah, 401. Okay. I like that. Okay. Cool. I like that too. Mangosteen, man. I want to find one now more than anything too. Yeah. I want to see what it looks like. Uh, oh, I have the uh, I have the picture up for you. Oh. Yeah. Let me say this thing. They almost look like uh, dragon fruit and a lychee and a passion fruit combined. Oh, it's almost got like the, it's a little like green, like a kiwi too in certain regards, unless my eyes are just I shot. I think that's the sprouts on top, like the leaves. You oh, mean right those, here? Yeah. Those are the leaves. Yeah. Nick, yeah. It's like, a, it's idiot. like, a, it's almost like a passion fruit lychee kind of. I do like that though. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Really, All right. Really good. Hunt, hunt them down. So one of the reasons why we picked this topic to begin with is it is our 13th episode right correct right so (laughs) spooky so i went into friday the 13th oh nice did you happen to go into it at all i did not but i do have something about black cats oh all right so we'll start off with the 13th we'll make our way into cats uh (laughs) they the kind of hard-hitting information you're only going to get here on only here only here on beer's end so naturally, you know, there are a couple of different uh, versions, all right, of where this uh, came from. So I've got two in particular. Uh, so the first of which, again, uh, Christians got to have got to have their their little, you know, got to have their hands in everything, yep. every little cookie jar. That's what I found, too. So uh, Friday, for one thing, is allegedly the day that uh, Jesus was crucified, um, worked which works well with the idea that Judas, um, the individual who went ahead and actually like reported the whereabouts of uh, Jesus to the like Roman authorities, um, he was the thirteenth person to show up to the Last Supper. Oh, allegedly. Okay. And as a result, you know, he was the one that uh, went ahead and actually betrayed uh, betrayed Jesus. Right. But the other one that I have here is from much much. Uh, later on in history and it involves king philip the fourth of france uh and he had reigned at a time when the appetite for like crusades had kind of like waned and fallen by the wayside so this is from the period between like 1285 and 1314 and as a result he was in debt to a group that were known as the knights of templar have you ever heard oh i sure have oh you have all right so you know they're a monastic Oh, yeah. Uh, Military order. Yes. So Philip, uh, he was upset that these men were like still roaming around and wanting to go ahead and get paid and also only answering to the Pope. So at the time, the Pope was Pope Clement V, and he was mostly a pawn, actually, of Philip. Um, However, again, the knights didn't really necessarily know that and you know we're still doing what they were doing so in frustration on friday october 13th of 1307 hundreds of knights of templar were rounded up throughout france arrested and tortured until they admitted to heresy and then they were eventually killed when the last then leaders of the knights of templar had been burned at the stake In 1314, it was said that they had their revenge. A little over a month later, Clement, the Pope, had died of lupus. Eight months later, Philip was killed in a hunting accident at age 46. The throne then ran through his sons, most dying young, without a male heir, and the line of of succession was extinguished then, by I have 1828, but I feel like it should be 1328. So like very, very quickly wow. after. Only at 14 uh, years later. Yeah. The entire line wow. from Ki- uh, Philip IV was, uh, was eliminated. So the Knights Templar are something that really interests me a lot. They're so like, we're going to have to do, I think we're going to have to do a whole show. They're connected to like the Freemasons, if, I if I'm so. not mistaken, yeah, correct? I'm pretty sure George Washington himself was a Knights Templar. I believe so. And again, as a result, and then like an offshoot yeah. was the Freemasons. Freemasonry was born. Ooh, maybe we should do it. That would I think that's going to be done. I, I think, think that's going to be a great episode. Yep. Absolutely. I can talk Ooh, yeah, about this secret, forever. Secret societies. Yeah, shadow, uh, shadow governments. Shadow governments. All about it. <laughs> 
all, all about it, not for it, but all about it. Not, I, I agree. But, uh, but yeah, so that's allegedly where like Friday the 13th had gotten this kind of like, you know, okay. uh, ominous nature from. I had no idea about that whatsoever. That makes it that much better because it really does seem like there was a revenge taken yeah. on this monarchy. Yeah, yeah, and the Pope as well. And the Pope as well. Yeah, within a year, imagine at that point, the Pope, you know, you killed the last of your perceived enemies. The Pope then dies, who was in charge of these alleged enemies, right. and then you die. Very ominous. Very ominous. So I'm going to I'm gonna jump around because you talked about uh, Friday the 13th, and I'm going to go into the black cats. So the superstition is a black cat crossing your path is unlucky. Mm-hmm. But this actually is like a misnomer for all intents and purposes. Here we go back to ancient Egypt again. Those Egyptians. Man, the birthplace of everything. A lot of free time on their hands. So the ancient Egyptians revered all cats, black and otherwise. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know so much about the color specifically, but I knew about the cats, okay. you know, most definitely. So yeah. in ancient Egypt, the cats are the guardians of the underworld. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be very, very sacred. It was there that the belief began that the black cat crossing your path brings good luck. Oh. And here is why. Their positive reputation is recorded again much later in the early 17th century in England. King Charles I kept and treasured a black cat as a pet. Hmm. Upon its death, he is said to have lamented that his luck was gone. So the supposed truth of the superstition was reinforced when he was arrested the very next day. Yeah. And charged with high treason. Wait. Yeah. Really? The day after his bl- his lucky black cat died. So he made the comment that now that this was after the arrest that he made the comment? That so is... so w- what it was is that he loved this cat a bunch. And, yeah. And he thought that this cat brought him good luck. But then as soon as this cat died. Is when? He, he was arrested, charged for treason. How can you arrest the king? I don't, you know what? And tra- I, and tra- I actually didn't go into that. I just kept on with the... But I'm curious now that you brought it up. What year did you say this happened around? This was... I don't have a... Oh, uh, early 17th century in England. I wonder if that was... 1700s. I wonder if that was when... Well, 17... Did I do math right? No. Uh, 1600s? 1600s, yeah. I'm not the math person. Christina is. Well, that might have been that period when, like, Oliver uh, Cromwell had, like, taken over and... Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's way over All All right, well... That's okay. Well, I'll get back to this next episode because now I'm interested in what you said. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Yeah. So uh, he was arrested for treason. And then during the Middle Ages, people in many other parts of Europe held quite the opposite belief. uh, No. Yeah. They thought black cats were the familiars or companions of witches. Right. So this is where it started to turn into like a a bad luck thing. Excuse me. So this seems to have been the dominant belief held by the pilgrims when they came here. Oh, and so they were is, at the, and they were a bunch, right? Which explains why we, you know, we believe that now. But not only this does this perhaps explain the association between black cats and witchcraft, but it kind of leads us into like, like I said, why we think this way. So we we really didn't take it that King Charles thought it was lucky. Oh, we maybe it came across that and I don't know. This wasn't said. Maybe he came across that way because he got arrested. Yeah. Like only he thought it was lucky. That, that to me is what makes sense. Like he thought it was lucky. Like that particular cat yeah. was lucky. And then the association with bad luck came because of his because he got arrested. arrest. I love a good black cat. I used to, Radar was black. Oh, he wasn't an all black cat. Radar. Yeah. Ray Ray. Oh. Oh yeah. That one time I had a pet. Too soon. <laughs> Taken too soon. He was, he was the yeah. poor thing. But anyway, I I don't think we should believe that black cats are bad luck. No, I don't think so at all. In fact, again, I am I am. Do you really? Oh, I love cats. The only reason there's not there's not the only reason there's not a cat in here right this second, hanging out with us, is because Christina does not like pets. And if I had to pick cat or dog, I would 100% pick cat. I am fascinated by this. Oh yeah, really? Yeah. Okay. So I read it. I read. Something I know about, you. I, I've known. We were just talking a couple of days ago. I've known you the better part now so of long. a decade and a half, almost two decades. Yeah. 
I would never have pegged you, I think, for a cat person over a dog person. So I, I um, read something a while ago, and it was to the effect of, you know when like cats do that thing? Muffin. Where they're sitting. What? Muffin is what it's called. What? When they kind of like extend and retract their like, no, 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 paws. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Sorry. When they do, when they're like chilling there and yeah. their eyes are super squinted. Yeah. And you like, you know, acknowledge them and they very, very slowly open their eyes. Yeah. Cats meditate. Yes. Yeah. Which I found so fascinating. I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to sit there with a cat and just like meditate. Well, they've done research. And uh, again, if anybody's, you know, listening that wants to correct me or can support, you know, I, we take the and I am more in favor of the latter than the former. Um, they've done research where when they give cats to elderly individuals that they tend to live longer because the like vibrations and whatnot from the from purring the tend to like lower your heart rate yeah. and be like, I yeah, love cats, man. I, you know what? I liked radar. I love, I loved radar. Nick was not always a fan. Uh, he used to always call him radio. I was like, not radio. <laughs> it's so messed up. It's radar. Cuba Gooding. I know. Oh, man. So, yeah. So, love cats. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Did, you didn't do anything about Broken Mirrors, did you? I didn't. I actually got some stuff, uh, if anything, on the one that you and I are probably most familiar with, being with where our cultural backgrounds are. I dove in a little bit uh, to the evil eye. Oh, oh yeah. You said that? Okay. Great. I want to hear this. So we are familiar, I know, ourselves, like with the evil eye, the Malakia, the Malakia. Yeah. And so at one point, and again, there are there are a number of different like cultural variations of the evil eye. But at one point in time, uh, nearly 40% of the world's population believed or believes in some variation of the evil eye. Let's think I, yeah. So this is like a this is like a thing. So the main belief is that receiving it uh, again will result in either misfortune or injury. Um, so I never knew this. If anything, uh, did you do you know what it's? Uh, now I'm focusing, I guess, more than anything else on the superstition, uh, particularly in southern Italy, um, which is again. Right. I don't know too much about it. No. So I didn't know this. So the term used for whomever is delivering the evil eye is a uh, a jettatore. I've never heard of that. We also don't have the letter J in Italian, yeah, so I was fascinated really, by that one. That, I was yeah. really confused. And it is spelled like that, so it's like a, you know, Volkswagen Jetta uh, and then Torre. Torre. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so interestingly enough, like successful men are often attributed with having a powerful approach to the use of the evil eye like it's not always it's fascinating because it's not always associated with like doing something bad because the jetatore could be like inadvertently giving the evil eye or the stink eye okay so interesting what they point to in particular is that again back to the popes they claim that pope Pius the ninth was known for his evil eye and like the inadvertent use of his evil eye. So a whole series of like disasters that were known to have happened in and around Rome in the latter part of the 19th century, they blame on his evil eye so much so that after he died, the next Pope uh, who was uh, Leo the 13th would hold a memorial every year um, after, you know, for the former Pope would hold a memorial and every single year that he held this memorial service, it was always attended by nobles and whatnot. Uh, a noble would die in the days after the uh, the, the, the memorial. So, like uh, at one point, one, a prince had died. At one point, uh, Prince uh, Barberini had died in like days after this memorial service, and they said that within like five years of Leo holding this memorial service that the front pews where all of the nobles would usually sit would be empty because they all stopped coming because of the fact oh that they goodness. thought it was cursed by Pius the ninth. That's crazy. So to go ahead and protect yourself though, you want to have uh, what's referred to as like the 
cornicello, so the the horn. Oh, the pepper. Yes, I always thought it was a pepper. Well, you know what's really funny is that I had always, I had always said like, no, it's not a chili pepper, but the shape is actually indicative of a chili pepper. So it's a small horn and a twisted shape, and it's usually supposed to be made of like uh, red coral. Uh, It's actually meant to look like the horn of an eland, which is an African antelope. It's like a straight horn. Uh, And oftentimes it's adorned with like a a tooth or the tuft of an Italian wolf, like the hair of an Italian wolf. And that's what's supposed to protect against it. And that's what like the talisman had worn. And some claim that the shape in being more phallic was actually to distract whomever the witch was that was administering this curse. So basically like, you know, show a witch a dick and she won't <laughs> she won't curse curse the, your belly. Yeah, the uh the equally equally as popular sorry, you know phrase of apple a day keeps the doctor away. Yeah. Show, show a, a witch a, a dick. dick. <laughs> Keep the horns off your belly. That's oh, that's God. awesome. Yeah. That yeah. is awesome. So that's the old Malakia. Okay, so I'm going to go in the different direction. I'm going to because we talked about this knock on wood. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I it, there actually wasn't too much about this, hmm. which I was surprised about, because this is actually one of the most I think prevalent superstitions, at least in the United States. Like people talk, people do it all the time. Like, I knock on wood constantly. Yeah, it's it's a huge thing. So I couldn't really find much about the history of this, but what I did find was some attribute this to the ancient religious rite of touching a crucifix when taking an oath. Oh, or, that that yeah, tracks. Yeah. Or alternatively, among the peasants of Europe, it may have had its beginnings in the habit of knocking loudly to keep out evil spirits. Because huh. that's a thing too. Like I don't know if you know that. You no, that one do. I didn't. But like, when you feel like there's a spirit around you or something going on, if you're loud enough, you can scare it away. So like no. that was a, a I've big thing. Never heard. Get, that. get out of here. You're not welcome. Really? Yeah. I've never heard of that one before. That that was all I could find on this. Really? And I was so surprised because, like, I, I do it all the time. Oh, well, but like, knock, like, on wood, know, knock, knock on wood, wood constantly. Knock on wood constantly. I hope I don't jinx this, this yeah, 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 uh, great yeah. thing that's going on for me. That's what it is. It wasn't even so much that it was a matter of, yeah, it was a matter of, like, undoing any sort of potential bad luck. Right. I didn't know that people used to take oaths on a crucifix yeah. instead of like, well, a apparently way back Bible when or whatever Bible. it is. Really? I knock on wood constantly. Well, at least once a day. Uh, I say something I would, where I'm like, well, I would go up there. Yeah, just wood. to be, you know, just to be, again, listen to me. Just to be safe, you know, just to, like, make, just to make sure that it's wood. all right. Yeah. So that was that was a short one. Well, I'm going to jump into yeah, please. my last one. This is a very fabled superstition. A broken mirror gives you seven years of bad luck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why, why do we say that? Yeah, I, I truly do not know. I found some interesting stuff on this one. So. In ancient Greece, it was common for people to consult mirror seers who told their fortunes by analyzing their reflections. Hmm. Very common practice. In, in his book, Signs, Omens, and Superstitions, which was published in 1918, Milton Goldsmith explained, divination was performed by means of water and a looking glass. This was called catoptromancy. Catoptromancy? Yep. The mirror was dipped in water. Mm-hmm. And a sick person was asked to look in the glass. If his image was distorted, he was likely to die. If clear, he would live. I don't like those odds. Right? This was slightly adapted by, guess who? The Romans. The Romans. In the first century AD. At that time, it was believed that people's health changed in seven-year cycles. So I did a little research on this. It's not true. Really? Yeah, we I, still talk about that, yeah, though. That, we all that say. That specific thing, people's health changes in seven-year cycles, it really what it ties down to is how long your cells live before new cells are reproduced. But like back then, people thought that it happened in seven-year cycles. Like all your cells are renewed themselves. Huh. A distorted image resulting from a broken mirror, therefore, meant seven years of ill health and misfortune rather than outright death. All right. I like that. So that's where that the seven year part of it came in. I didn't know that that had 
you see, and again, I guess like that's a fascinating part of like evolution to one degree or another, or like, you know, yeah, evolution of like society and culture, how they acknowledge that every seven years, something different sort of happened. But now we know that it is tied to a biological. It's actually not true. Yeah. And I, even like the, the research I did on that, yeah, because, you know, obviously I was interested in like how long cells live. Only neurons last forever. Once they die, they're not regenerated. Right. But then everything else renews itself in like less than a four month cycle. Like oh. skin cells are like three weeks. Yeah. Um, what else was there? Everything is less than a very, very finite amount of time. That's why I'm hoping I'm going to quit smoking eventually. And I'll just be able to go ahead and build up all that dead lung that I've got at this point. Sure. I hope. Sure. Thanks. Okay, good. I should. <laughs> you should knock go on ahead wood. and knock on wood on that one. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, please go ahead. Well, I was going to say the last thing that I got, and yeah. you know me, the classic, uh, the, my classic go-to is going around the world, figuring out what is, uh, what is considered to be bad luck or what is a superstition in that. other countries. By the way, honorable mention please. was a horseshoe because oh. I was very curious as to why horseshoes were supposed to be good luck. Yeah. But I didn't find anything good. I went, I, my other one that I had was about, uh, either see a penny, pick it up. And oh, they have yeah. a good luck or they're like that. throwing the salt behind you as well. That was another one where there wasn't too much about it. Cause yeah. I looked into that too. Yeah. Not too and much other than like, you people know, got paid in salt and they thought it was good luck to like throw the salt over the shoulder. Apparently, that's apparently that's not true. Like that's a, a bit of a misconception. Really? Yeah. From what I understand, that's actually a misconception. People yeah. didn't get paid in salt. I mean, they did, but that's not like where the superstition where came necessarily from. came from. Okay. Yeah. So I went around the world though, and this is even like contemporary sort of uh, superstitions and whatnot. Let's get into so, um, how can we break this up? Um, what if I give you a, what if I give you the superstition and maybe you identify where okay. that comes from? I like that. So it is bad luck if you wish someone a happy birthday too soon. Why do I feel like that's Ireland? Uh, it, it could be, but I have it down as in Russia. In okay. Russia, it is bad luck to wish someone a happy birthday too soon. Interesting. Um, don't place two mirrors opposite one another as it opens a doorway for the devil. That's Egypt. I've got down as Mexico. <laughs> In Mexico. Okay. Uh, over two. Over two. That's all right. Um, you don't cheers with water. You're in fact wishing death upon your company. I'm going to say that's a Cuban thing because Christina says that all the time. I've got it down as Germany. Okay, 0 for 3. Okay, that's you know, all right. Even, but we don't know. These could be... <laughs> even the best uh, baseball players. This one cracked my ass 10. up because uh, I don't I don't know the scenario in which this could happen. But if an owl ends up in your house, someone in your family will die. Egypt? Mm. <laughs> 0 for 4. That's our people. That's the Italians. Really? Yeah. In fact, it's actually funny because Nick has always told me that his mother has a inherent fear of birds. Oh. Yeah. Um, that's a story in and of itself. Sure is. Um, how about a pregnant woman shouldn't eat misshapen or asymmetrical foods as the baby will end up being ugly? That sounds like the United States. Uh... <laughs> it's Korea. That's, okay. a, that's a, a South Korea. Or, uh, I got two more here. Um, don't wear red during a storm as it attracts lightning. Seattle, Washington. Ooh, very close. We were looking for the Philippines. Definitely we were close. looking for the Philippines. And now this is funny because I used to do this. Carrying an egg corn in your pocket ensured oh, you used staying. used to do this. Yeah. And I have to start again, I think. Oh, snap. Carrying an egg corn in your pocket ensured staying young forever. Ecuador. Ancient, uh, ancient uh, Britain. The old, uh, the old Brits from Britannia. Oh, That's what they used shoot. to do. Right? Interesting. Fun stuff. Yeah, you know. I did. I carried an egg corn around for years. You really did. And <laughs> Mike I used remember. to. Mike was always. Our buddy was always fascinated by it, admired it, but also I think was always a little bit like, the hell is the matter I remember with you? being like, why the hell is he carrying around an acorn mm -hmm. all the time? Yep. And I asked you about it constantly, but I don't think that, that either I never got that answer or it never satisfied my I, like quench for knowledge. I think that I always just knew that it brought some form of good luck. I mm. used to also have, I used to carry around uh, or keep at my desk the first 
So when the, the leaves, at least where we are, would change, you know, colors and start to fall, if a leaf ever fell on you, you were to keep that particular leaf because it would ensure health throughout the course of the winter. Oh, snap. Yeah. I don't know why I dropped a lot of these, but... I don't think I do any of these things, like uh, prepare myself for the worst that I could think of. I used to carry around, like, um, every fortune cookie I ever opened up, I would carry in my wallet. Really? And I did this for, like, years until you... <laughs> Until I had like a George Costanza wallet, like looking for, you know, like in the episode he's looking for a receipt, like he can't even sit on it because it's so fat. I eat the fortune. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. I eat Nick, the fortune. Nick startled me. I did. Excuse I did. you? I eat the fortune. It's just a little piece of paper. I roll it up and I, and I Wait, eat the fortune. what? Yeah, I eat the fortune. I feel like we'd be better off burning it because like with intention, you know? I don't know. I'm- That's a superstition, actually. That's something we didn't talk about. Burning... You- I don't know. Have you ever heard this? Write something down, write a goal down on a piece of paper, and then you burn it with intention. Yes, 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 yes. yes. That's that, a big tradition like in one. northern parts of Italy Oh, as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I did not know that. Fun stuff. Yeah, man. You know, we got into it on this one. This is this was a good topic. I like this topic. This that, is a good one. I like the beer. I, I like the beer as well. You know what? We don't say this enough, but good for us. <laughs> we don't say that enough. <laughs> Would somebody say it for us, please? I'm watching a dog take a shit outside your window right now, and it's oh, really undoing it right now. Fun. That's a superstition. Welcome to uh, welcome to your new your new digs. Yeah, thank <laughs> this, you. This is what you have to look forward to every weekend. Yeah, because yeah, because the Union is that far separated from Asbury. Okay, you we're know, still Jersey at the end of the day, might baby. As, might as well be worlds apart. Love it. That's Love gonna it. be it for uh, for me and my buddy Nick. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, make sure you guys go ahead and follow us on uh, all of our social media. Yeah, it's Instagram, uh, Beers and Podcast. And we are at Twitter at Beers and One. Yep. And uh, also at Gmail at Beers and Podcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. Make sure you guys go ahead and uh, let us know your opinions, your thoughts. And give us some beer suggestions. Give us some beer suggestions. Yeah. We want something that's not from Jersey or Portland. Thank you. Which is also in. Oregon and Maine. There we go. Hey-o. We'll Hey-o. see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Beers and is hosted by Alex Chula and me, Nick Messina. Video producer is Mike Delavan. Original music is by Alex Chula. Sound effects have been provided by Zapsplat. And audio editing and producing is from me, Nick Messina. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to Beers And wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Beers and Podcast and on Twitter at Beers and One. That's on Twitter at Beers and the number one. Or shoot us an email at Beers and Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, Alex and I always want you to enjoy your beer safely and responsibly. Neither Alex nor myself have any affiliations with any of the breweries we sampled in this episode, be them legal affiliations or otherwise. If you have any questions or concerns, please email us at beersandpodcast at gmail.com. That's beers, the word and, podcast at gmail.com.